And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, in 2008, Korean citizens protested the return of U.S. beef to the market following a 2003 finding of BSE. Now, according to the latest Consumer Perception Survey, a record 70% of Korean consumers say U.S. beef is safe and nearly 70% say they intend to consume U.S. beef. U.S. Meat Export Federation Vice President of Asia Pacific, Jihae Yong, has the details. That was possible because of the uh, collaboration with the U.S. exporters and Korean importer, Korean retailers and food service and so on. I think the um, confidence on the U.S. beef safety provides another level of assurance for the Korean consumer. And that is backed up by the statistics that U.S. beef has been the dominant beef supplier to Korea market for the last seven years. Reaching that level of acceptance has not been easy. The most effective way is to make them try and make them feel comfortable when they eat U.S. beef. The communication message through their friends or their mother or their colleagues would be much more efficient than the communication through the professionals like a nutritionist or the the animal scientists or the government official. Korea has been the leading value market for U.S. beef the past two years, a feat that could not have been accomplished without the support of the Beef Checkoff Program and USDA. I want to take a moment to say thank you to the beef producers and then investment for the long term and eventually it pays off in Korea market. Korea became the largest destination of U.S. beef and that is possible of the trust and the uh, investment from the uh, beef producers. So very much appreciated. And we hope to have the continued investment and the support from U.S. beef producers. For more information, please visit usmef.org. Well, Jolene Brown is an author, speaker, and farmer from West Branch, Iowa, who's also called the Dr. Phil of Agriculture. She speaks on the challenges of working with family members in the business of farming and the importance of clear communication. One of the most important topics is looking at farming as a business first. I've been at this over three decades, and the way I find that you honor the family is by doing the business right. Our mindset lends to everything for the family, and we become family first. We don't want to rock the boat or get anybody mad. We hope things are going to be okay. And so you are continuing on a habit, assumption, a hope, and a tradition. And sometimes that does work out. I call that lucky. But what I taught them today is that to become a business first family does not say the business is more important than the family. It does not demean the family, but it says we love and honor you so much. Let's get this work done. And then so not be overwhelmed. We always have to start where there's a point of pain. So there were a lot of triggers today and you never know who's going to go, oh my gosh, she's been sleeping under my bed. And so as so one lady said to me, you've been under my bed, you heard everything that we're thinking about. A lack of communication does more to destroy a family farming business than almost any other factor. Harboring this inside of you leads to one of the biggest things that breaks up families and business and that is silence. Silence is the greatest destroyer of family and business. Therefore, we're looking for transparency we're looking for things that are legal. We're looking for things that make money sense, but it cannot just be inside and only one person know about it or nobody knows about it because everybody else then is on the limb. They don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to be cut off? Am I going to be able to have fruit that multiplies here? And so we have to watch out for silence. That is one of the biggest destroyers. And there are multiple things families can do to help ensure success, according to Brown. One suggestion is for the younger generation to work off the farm for a few years to learn lessons about working with people outside the family. 
Well, you learn about 30 lessons when you have a non-family boss, like showing up on time. You know what your job is, which is really great. You know what not to be like. You learn how to work with people you don't even like. You learn you get paid. You learn you get a vacation. Well, there's 30 lessons that you learn. And parents aren't the best teachers because it's all habit and assumption. And as one senior generation said to me, he should know how to do it. He grew up here on the farm. I said, so what is it he doesn't know how to do? How's he going to learn how to do it? Because what you learned through those years, it's not what you're doing now on the farm. And you can find more information online. Just go to jolenebrown.com. Well, Corteva AgriScience and John Deere announcing a partnership earlier this week to make it easier for farmers to access Corteva's industry-leading agronomic recommendations through the John Deere Operations Center. A partnership combines the digital and onboard capabilities of John Deere, the global leader in intelligent farm equipment, with the agronomic expertise and analysis of Corteva, the global leader in agricultural solutions. The result is the delivery of precise, customized agronomic insights to equipment via John Deere Precision Ag technology to pioneer sales representatives for providing best-in-class agronomic support and to farmers for improved productivity and sustainability. Now, according to Brian Lutz, Vice President of Agricultural Solutions with Corteva, he says, quote, we are focused on making it as easy as possible for farmers to unlock even more value through data-driven scientific recommendations based on the unique characteristics of their farm. And he says this partnership does exactly that, end quote. Now, Doug Souter, Director of Product Management and User Experience at John Deere, says, quote, the future of farming will be enabled by the combination of data-driven insights and science-based agronomic recommendations that are precisely executed by connected and increasingly intelligent machines, end quote. Now, pilot programs will begin in the spring across the U.S. and expand to Canada in the future. These pilots are the foundation for a strategic multi-year partnership, leveraging the company's respective areas of expertise to develop and deploy digital solutions that support farmers in their pursuit of more efficient, productive, and sustainable farms. Well, the recent Dairy Strong Conference in Green Bay, Wisconsin, covered several topics important to the U.S. dairy industry. Tim Trotter, CEO of the Dairy Business Association, says the industry is watching as the federal milk marketing order hearings get closer to wrapping up. I mean, obviously, this is still on farmers' minds. What is the net going to be for our farms? And obviously, they're just winding up the hearings, and it'll probably be several months before we get anything back out of AMS with what the secretary is thinking. But, you know, I think one of the takeaways I have, there's not a united voice. There's not consensus as we thought there might be. But again, it's a very diverse industry. There's so many geographical challenges a lot of different regions have. So they have their reasons, their business case for why they like or dislike something. Trotter is also CEO of Edge Dairy Cooperative and says the co-op is proposing more flexibility in the FMMOs. We need to rethink this and how we look at federal orders and you know we're really advocating for flexibility for all the orders so that they can be viable for the people they serve. So Federal Order 30, Upper Midwest, little that's being talked about in the federal order hearings right now is going to have any major good impact on us. You know, we were hoping for more risk management tools so farmers can manage their risk. But really for us to think out of the box, we need to have more authority at the federal order level, each order level to have more independence and be able to innovate and think of ways that they could be a value add. And once again, that is Tim Trotter with the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Cooperative. Well, we are out of time here on this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Coming up next week on the program, we'll be sharing some of the highlights that we have gathered from the Cattle Industry Convention in Orlando, Florida. So look for that on upcoming episodes next week of American Ag Today. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks so much for joining us for the program. Have a great rest of your day.